Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. We are back on a beautiful summer day. I guess it's almost summer. It's not technically summer yet. The 21st is the first day of summer. Doing this podcast on the 18th of June. Uh, I don't know when it will be published yet, but we will be ready. Beautiful day here in southern Utah, uh, around the country. Interesting, uh, fun little thing. We had quite a big uh, thunderstorm uh, last night, a little wild. So it was good to, to wake up this morning, go for a run, and start this podcast. So this will be our final episode with Teams with Most Approved in 2019. Now, uh, this will be kind of the wrap-up, the conclusion, whatever you want to call it, for this last episode with uh, with the teams that I feel like they have the most to prove and uh, what what will become of them. Uh, we'll be following these teams throughout the season, uh, kind of tracking their success as a whole and on into their off-season. Uh, I am actually working with a couple of the schools uh, to get them on to comment on... Uh, what I've said, and overall, just to have them on the on the podcast as well. So we're going to get into it. Uh, teams with most approve. Uh, we finished yes last time with West or Eastern Michigan University. So we're going to finish up the MAC today, uh, then on to the Sun Belt, or sorry, the Conference USA, and then the Sun Belt. So we'll be finishing up half of the MAC, then those two conferences will send you off. Uh, again, write these these teams down, write these names down, and uh, people that I talk about because I I know college football. I know uh, I've done a lot of extensive study on these things, and I want you guys to be the most informed. Now, mo- some of you may not uh, follow every single team or every single conference like I do. But it is always good to be able to make those notes, especially when you're trying to win. I don't know how many of you out there uh, do those those like pick who's going to win the bowl games. Well, <laughs> I wish I would have had a podcast like this when I was picking those bowl games. Most of the time, I do very good, and and as a family, we all put in like five dollars. Winner ends up getting like fifty something dollars if you guess the amount of uh, who wins and who loses in the bowl series, and then overall uh, national champion. So it's all always a, a fun thing to do. I don't know how many of you guys do that out there, but uh, this podcast will be there to help you and your your picking needs. Okay, so let's get into it. We're going to start off with. The Mac East Conference. Now, the Mac East uh, has been dominated largely over the last, well, forever it feels like, by Ohio. Uh, the University of Ohio, uh, the Bobcats. And I think of this, uh, I mean, their coach has been there for 20 years, or sorry, 14 years. He's been coaching for 20 years. Great guy. Uh, I've been following Ohio, but they are Mr. Consistency at the top. They usually get eight, nine wins a year, and they usually are playing in the MAC championship. And really just an interesting team. However, uh, I, I almost started to talk about them because I feel like they kind of need to do a couple things to be able to get over the hump. Some years are better than others for them, but we will be kind of switching gears. Uh, like I said, mostly dominated by. 
Ohio in the last few years. I believe that that is that could change this year. And what Ohio has built built in the MAC East is consistency. We've had a lot of teams that'll come and go. But Ohio is is the team that seems to be the most consistent. There for a while, we uh we had Akron. They ended up, you know, they had a, a good season a couple years ago in 2017. Bowling Green, uh, 14, 15, 13, 14, 15, really good, good school. Uh, fighting again for the MAC title. Uh, Kent State had a year in 2012 where they were extremely good. However, every single year, as I go through the the rankings and the standings, there always seems to be this trend of Ohio. Everyone's trying to catch Ohio. And I think, like I said, consistency is the biggest. Now, Bowling Green's probably had the most consistency with that three-year run uh, trying to make it to uh, against Ohio. But the team that I think that can build consistency, and this is the question to start off, is can this build team build consistency? And that is the Buffalo Bulls. So in, in the 20-year span that they have been playing, again, the first – Four years, they're not eligible for a bowl game. So basically, the last 16 years, uh, the Buffalo Bulls have been to three postseason, three bowl games. They played in the postseason three times, 2008, 2013, and this last year in 2018. And their coach, Lance Leopold, he is, he is a great coach, and he was able to build uh, – he was able to win, I believe it was – let me check my stats. He won six national championships in Division Three, right? And a coach that can win six national championships at any level—it's impressive. Uh, so this—he—he he was brought up to Buffalo to kind of turn uh, this program around to kind of get it set on the right way. And he's been here for the last four years. He showed up in 2015, I believe. And he is now in his fifth year, or in 2014, I believe it would have been. Anyway, so I believe that this team has a lot to prove in 2019, and here's why. In 2016, they hit rock bottom with a two thousand or with a two and ten result. Later that year, in 2017, he was able to go six and six, and last year he was able to go ten and four, seven and one in the MAC. Their only loss to Ohio. Uh, Ohio, and let me make sure, let me check my stats. Yeah, they were able to, they were, they had a, they had a great season this last year, yes. And this team ended up going on, uh, sorry, I was looking for the team that they played in the Dollar General Bowl, that was against Troy. So this team goes on, plays Troy. They lose regardless. They lost by 10 points. It was a really fun game uh, for those of you who have watched it. You know what I'm talking about. They had a great quarterback last year, Tyree Jackson. Big arm. Uh, this team had big offense. They were 26 overall uh, in scoring offense last year. So they definitely that was like a huge improvement. Uh, so this this upcoming year, I want to see if they're able to build consistency. Uh, they This is a team... Uh, in 2013, that went eight and five. Next year, followed by a five and six record, and then they kind of stayed there. And then you know, rock bottom. So you kind of see like a wave of of this team. And in order to be able to be relevant, or if we continue, if you want to be talked about year in and year out uh, as a team, 
nationally, uh, I think that this team needs to build this consistency. Uh, they do lose; they did lose quite a bit on defense. They are only bringing back two uh, starters this last year. However, they had a couple of injuries, and those guys will be back. I think. I think that they need if they're able to replace the tacklers that they lost and the defense that they lost. The, the offense is going to be fine. Uh, they return three out of the five offensive linemen, which is really big. So yeah, you lose your your star quarterback that that you know put up all kinds of numbers this last year, uh, Mac Offensive Player of the Year. But you can always, I feel like offense, you can always replicate. You can always, you you might have a less than you know, average or an average quarterback, but if you have a great offensive line that is especially experienced offensive line, they're going to get it. And their experience on offensive line, and they have a uh, they have a senior left tackle, a junior left guard. They'll, they're both returning uh, a new. They have a new guy under center uh, or at center, and their right guard. Uh, they, well, so their right guard was hurt this last year, and so they put the. Uh, Currently on the depth chart, they have the freshmen starting. However, uh, they have their second string. He was a starter. He's coming back off of an injury, I believe. And that is why he's not up there because he was a starter this last year. So unless something happened in spring camp, uh, with whatever, you know, whatever happens, if he comes back, if he ends up being overall, that would be four out of the five center being the only one. And then you have two amazing running backs that they're expected to run all over the place with Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks. And this, this schedule lines up pretty tough this year. I think it was, it's a harder, uh, I think it's harder than last year, but uh, nothing too, I mean, nothing too crazy for, for a Mac team playing, you know, eight games in the Mac. Or, yeah, eight games in the Mac. So they start off with Robert Morris. I, uh, then they go on the road at Penn State, at Liberty, home against Temple. And I think the ideal situation, uh, is to not, to, to, to win two of them. You gotta, you gotta get two. Uh, I think that they beat Robert Morris handedly. And there's going to be a toss-up, Liberty and Temple. Well, I think that they could beat Liberty. I think this team is a lot more experienced than than that squad. Even though I did say that Liberty was one of the teams with most proof, I think that Liberty, you know, that that will be an intriguing matchup. And then Temple, this team, Buffalo last year, they beat Temple a score of 36-29. And that was on the road in Philadelphia. So, you know, now they get them at home, uh, especially your know, fourth week uh, towards the end of September. That's that's looking really good for uh, for the Bulls to be able to you know upset them again. However, Temple has reloaded. Be interesting to see where they go. And then uh, they do get Ohio at home, and they're you know pick to win. They're the favorites to win out of it. Uh, they also the only. Uh, they get Akron on the road, but then they get they they pull Central Michigan out of the West, which is is beneficial because they're one of the worst, uh, well predicted worst in the West, and then they also get Bowling Green predicted one of the worst in the East. Toledo, uh, they did draw Toledo, and they are predicted to be one of the top teams in the West as well. But they they. They have a pretty favorable draw, I believe, and I think that they're able to. I mean, I see these guys. The projections that I'm seeing anywhere from six and six to eight and four, and I think that is is more than they can more than capable of doing that. I think that if they need, I mean, obviously the big game is going to be against Ohio on October fifth. I think if they can get that win, and they can beat. I mean, they even even if they just 
if they split every other MAC game, if they beat Ohio, they're going to be able to go to the conference championship. I think that this team is capable of it, and I think there's a lot to prove with consistency when we're talking about the Buffalo Bulls. So in the MAC East, with teams most most to prove in 2019 is the Buffalo Bulls, and just with their coach and the consistency that he had at the Division Three level, and where I think that this program is heading, I think that you know recruiting wise, they are they're pulling some some pretty big names. Uh, they got a couple of transfers. Uh, so, it's, like I said, it's going to be a really interesting season. Uh, note them. Write them down. I'll be watching them very closely, and I'll be releasing my predictions for this upcoming season uh, on them. But, again, really favorable 2019 schedule. I think it's a little bit harder than last year's uh, schedule. I think, I mean, they, they don't play Army. That will be uh, a big help. Because uh, last year they they had to play Army, and but other than that, so I, I mean they're playing you know Penn State. Last year they played Rutgers and they were able to actually beat Rutgers. So again, a little bit tougher of a schedule, but I think that again this is a favorable a favorable schedule, and I think that they might be able to get back to that uh, ten win mark. I think it will be a stretch, but I think they're going to be able to do it. Again, teams with most approved two thousand nineteen MAC East edition Buffalo Bulls. Next up, we have the Conference USA. We'll be talking about them and, well, we're going to be talking about how, uh, what teams were most approved in 2019. So, to start off, the, the CUSA, again, one of my, I, I don't have a favorite conference to cover, a favorite conference to follow. I love them all. But this is a really intriguing conference. I think it, uh, people talk about the Power Five conference, and you talk about the Group of Five, and the Group of Five, everybody keeps on saying, oh, well, you know, the American Athletic needs to be, you know, let's do Group of Six, leave these other four. I think this is like uh, like the little brother to the American Athletic Conference, and I say that uh, largely in part because they're in the same uh, geographical location, and they're, I mean, they're battling for the same recruits, and there's a lot of big offense. There's a lot of big arms, a lot of big offense, ton of points scored out of this conference uh, a lot of people you know a lot of people know the names know the know the schools here be really fun uh this next year to follow what is going to unfold now i'm talking about teams with most approved in 2019 and i could have made the argument that this team should have been teams with most approved in 2018 this last year uh out of the mac east conference or side of the conference the mac east but when I was looking about it, and, and a lot of people have been talking about them, and I will be, I will add my voice to them, is the Florida Atlantic Owls. Um, now, this team is really interesting in multiple ways. Uh, Lane Kiffin comes here. I mean, we know ex- everything that happened at Tennessee, at USC, goes on, coaches with Saban. Then he comes here smart offensive minded dude and his first season was and it was uh, was amazing right he goes to the CUSA title he wins it everybody's high on him holy cow this team's amazing they beat Akron 50 to 3 in 2017 they also got a lot of transfers uh in that in that 
for that next, for 2000, in that year, 2017, they were great, they were riding high, everybody was high on them, people were even predicting that they would beat Oklahoma at the first of the year, uh, that was a little bit of a stretch for me, I thought that this team was going to be super good going into 2018, and boy was I wrong, I mean, everybody was predicting, you know, they go back to back, they could repeat, uh, you know, I even, I even listened to this one guy talk about Florida Atlantic, and they were like, man, this, this, this team needs to move, get out of this USA as soon as possible, and, and this Florida Atlantic team, they were just barely in the Sun Belt in 2012, they've been, they've, I mean, they've had, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six seasons, basically, in, in the in the Sun Belt or sorry in the Conference USA and now they want them to move on uh, go bigger and better and I think last year uh, yes injuries happen yes suspensions happen you know stuff happens over the course of the year that you know might limit a team but this team went from on top of the world everybody high talking about them you know ranked people talking, they need to be ranked top 25, and they didn't, they they hit rock bottom last year, I think that's as far as I would dare say, that's happened, they went 5-7, and seven, right, and this last year, and I've honestly, I feel like they almost figured out ways to lose, uh, I mean, they got, they got blown up pretty big by Oklahoma, lost pretty big against UCF, but all their other losses were really close, uh, and that is, uh, in, on September 29th, they lost by one point to Middle Tennessee State, Marshall, they got, they got beat pretty good, uh, as well, um, and then, so, so, despite those three losses that they were beat, the other four losses, Louisiana Tech by eight points, um, then North Texas by three points, by Charlotte by three points, and that Charlotte team, I mean, we're talking about a team that people have been predicting at the bottom, they're, they're in their, they're coming up from the FCS, uh, now in the FBS, so really kind of a, a weird situation towards the end of the year, uh, this this spring, uh, Lane Kiffin ends up suspending Chris Robinson. Uh, he has had some issues. I believe it was public intoxication uh, this last year. And the, he didn't specify why he was suspended for the spring. But now they have another transfer, Nick Troni from Indiana, that will be fighting for the quarterback spot. They have six returners on offense with five returners on defense. A lot of their defense is coming uh, in the in the in the core. They have their d their d tackles, oh their d n their d tackle, and their their backers right in the middle. Their nickel back and their outside linebacker. So they return a lot of talent on on this on. On both sides of the ball, but it's just kind of a weird situation with what happened, and I kind of feel like that's Lane Kiffin as well, kind of just a weird, I don't really know what's going on type of thing, really, really an interesting dude, but I think that this team can get back on the horse, get back together, and this next year, uh, despite a, another pretty tough schedule, I think that they're going to be able to improve, and you're going to be able to see this offense once again. Uh, to start off, they play at Ohio State. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, Urban Meyer's gone, but I would, I'd put my money on Ohio State. 
And then they play UCF. It is at home, but we know that UCF, they're still riding their undefeated streak. So I take UCF, and then, then they play Ball State and Wagner, or Wagner however you want to pronounce it, uh, for their preseason slate or their non-conference slate. So again, 2-2 two and two is not a bad uh, to start off with going into the season, but this team can't drop games like Charlotte, like, I mean, yeah, North Texas was one of the be- better teams in the, in, in the CUSA last year, and you know, FAU actually did beat FIU, and FIU is predicted ahead of them this year in most preseason standings. Uh, but they can't they can't drop a, a game like Charlotte. They got to beat Charlotte. They have to beat Middle Tennessee. You know, Marshall. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I can say they have to win every single game. But Marshall, that's the team that's supposed to be number one. Them and FIU get those two wins. Split them. It doesn't matter. You're going hope Marshall falls or hope you know if you if you do drop one against FIU, hope that you can you know don't lose any more games. And I think that this team again, really an interesting uh, kind of question mark. And the biggest question mark is can they replicate what they did in 2017? You know, most you know, sports is great when you you have a bad season. You can pick yourself up and come back to it and start working your butt off and those kinds of things. So uh, with with their with their returners and uh, Lane Kiffin's you know offensive mind and offensive coordinator Charlie West and defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator Glenn Spencer. I think this team has the most to prove. I also think that they do improve quite drastically. Uh, again, Florida Atlantic, a big question mark for me. But down there in Boca Raton, they know what they're doing. I think that they're able to get back to it. So let's see if they can replicate it. And so teams with most to prove in 2019 out of the CUSA East Florida Atlantic. Okay, to round out the rest of the CUSA on the CUSA West side, uh, we will be talking about the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Uh, this, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, uh, this last few years have been really interesting. I have been a fan of them because I actually, this is a school everybody knows. I, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, but this is a school that Brett Pard played for, his his college ball back in 1987 to 1990 it's crazy how old that man is Uh, he's been gone for football for a little while but you know i've been able to follow them and i think that this 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 team is interesting in a lot of facts and i want to start off with this their coach uh jay hobson this is his fourth year okay this is which most coaches contracts this is by their fourth year this was his kids i told you Uh, i've said it multiple times third, fourth-year coaches that are in these programs. This is their time to shine. They're supposedly gone out. They've got the teams that they've wanted, the kids that they wanted. They built the team that they wanted. And overall, they're, this is supposed to be like their swan song. They're able to get in a contract extension, uh, get moved up to an FB, uh, a higher FBS school like uh, you know, an Alabama SEC school, a uh, Big Ten school. That this is this is where those schools that might be struggling. That's where they're going to be putting their players, well, their coaches, and looking for the bright minds that are down here. You know, grinding the the Group of Five conference. And in the CUSA, the the Southern Miss team has 
2015, they went to the title. Uh, they did lose to Western Kentucky. So this team is just barely removed from a pretty good outing. 2015, they, they played well. 2016, bowl game. 2017, bowl game. Last year, they were bowl eligible. However... They did not make the cut with a record of only 6-5. and five. They had one of their games canceled, and that was the game against Appalachian State for whatever reason. Uh, last year was interesting, had a lot of turnover, but this team brings back a lot, a lot of returners and a lot of depth. Their offensive line, stout. Uh, they bring back four of the five starters, doesn't mean that that's where they're going to play, where they played last season. Uh, offensive line tends to move around a little bit just to get different looks. And I actually watched a little bit of their spring game, and they were moving uh, their offensive line around a little bit. Uh, they bring back big uh playmakers and their wide receivers not a lot of turnover there they bring back their quarterback even though he had you know a couple injuries uh, with jack abraham and they have new uh running back so uh so really an interesting team and then it's even more interesting on the defensive side that they bring back six so they bring back a ton of starters both sides of the ball uh probably one of the more experienced teams in the conference usa like, you know, a team like UAB only brings back three starters. Uh, just It's just really interesting to see, well, three starters on the offensive side. UAB, so it's really interesting when you can get seven returning starters and then six returning starters on defense. Both of them are above, you know, the 50% mark. So a lot, a lot, you know, you're able to plug your guys in. So their schedule lines up, and I think uh, the CUSA as a whole, they – Probably, well, okay, not probably. In my opinion, they have the toughest uh, preseason or non-conference schedule, however you want to label it. Uh, they do start off with Alcorn State, and fun fact, their coach actually used to coach at Alcorn State. Uh, I think it'll be fun for him to be able to play against them. I think that Southern Miss gets the win. And then you start into the the three road games, Three teams that are extremely good and extremely talented play at Mississippi State. They play at Troy, at Alabama. So they they have these three tough games, right? And Mississippi State and Alabama, you know, there's always the the possibility of upset. I'm going to go with probably not. Troy, one of the best teams in the Sun Belt year in year out. So it's going to be tough going into the to going into not uh, going into their conference. Their margin of error is a lot smaller than other teams. You know, like. Like another team, we were just talking about FAU. You know they have two team, they have two games non-conference, UCF and uh, Ohio State. Yeah, they're probably going to lose those games, but that's only two losses. They go undefeated in in the CUSA. That's a, that's a ten and two. That's a double digit win season. No matter how you cut it, that's that's a really good season despite playing two tough teams and despite losing those games. This team, you know, scheduling these these teams, you know, Southern Miss, it's going to be tough for them, and their their margin of error is a lot smaller. Uh, they do play UTEP, they do play Rice, which are, in my opinion, two of the worst teams in the nation, uh, year in, year out, pretty consecutively, pretty, pretty bad on that end. They do play uh, UTSA, which, uh, you know, they, they, they were successful a couple of years ago. Not so much the last, last few years. I believe it was in 2016 they were pretty good, but not much. So, you know, you pull that, you pull Western Kentucky out of the other side. 
which most people are predicting the worst or second worst on the other side of the conference. Uh, so yeah, you you do play the you do play North Texas. You play at Louisiana Tech, and you play at FAU, home against UAB. So out of the top. If you want to go out of the top teams, out of your side, you take the top three teams. You're looking at North Texas preseason. You know, most people have them one or two. UAB, you know, you can interchange them. Southern Miss, uh, in my opinion, is the third best team. But you do play the top two teams out of your side of the conference, North Texas and UAB, at home. So those teams are going to have to go into your stadium and beat you. You know, you got to defend home field advantage. And then you... Then you play FAU out of the other side, which isn't predicted. I mean, they don't play Marshall. They don't play FIU out of the other side of the conference. So they do get lucky. I think their COSA schedule is a lot easier. So it's going to be. I I personally think it's going to be tough uh, this this season for them, just with their you know their strength of schedule getting the tough. Well, three really tough games. But they have a lot to prove, and their a lot to prove is more on the coaching staff, and that is you know. It's your fourth year. What's up with that? Can you get the players to win? Can you get the the team where you want it? So teams with most approved in 2019 uh, in the CUSA West Division will be the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be finishing off the show with the Sun Belt Conference uh, after this ad break. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Thank you for listening to the ad break, and thank you, Anchor, for Without uh, Anchor, I would not be able to podcast uh, as well as I do as with the tools that I have. So to, this is a, now a lot of you guys uh, don't know much about the Sunbelt Conference. Again, I follow every single conference, every single team as closely as I possibly can following injuries, you know, ro- roster rotations, coaching changes all the time. And... I love the Sunbelt Conference. I love every single conference. Every single conference is really unique. Now, I have spent, this is, I'm going to tell you guys this. I have spent the most amount of time on this side of the conference. The, I don't even know, oh, the East, because they they had split it last year. I, I didn't know. Uh, how Well, I know how they split it. I didn't know what it was called. But the Sunbelt East side of the conference. This side of the conference could be, one of my favorite sides of, of, of a conference. If I'm taking, you know, favorite to follow, favorite to, to talk about, this side of the conference, the Sunbelt East, extremely, extremely fun to follow, extremely fun to watch. That is because, number one, they have a really good team. Well, they have really good teams year in and year out. It's extremely hard to choose one team to talk about out of this side of the conference. And maybe because it is really top-heavy. And so I decided to do a little bit different, little bit different part of the show. And I want to talk about all three because I think all three have the most proof. They have, from top to bottom, Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, Troy. Okay? To all three teams, all three uh, great talents, and I can't choose which team I want to cover. The question I have is the dogfight at the top. Who's going to come out on top this year? Teams with most approved, honestly, is the team that comes out on top. Appalachian State only lost, they lost to Georgia Southern and to Penn State in overtime last year. An amazing team, this Appalachian State. Since coming to the FBS, I think that this is this has been the best uh team that has 
that is, uh, in my opinion, have come up for a very long time. I know Boise State was once an FCS school. Uh, now look at where they're at now. But, you know, uh, as far as in the recent era, Appalachian State is one of those teams that has consistently fielded a great team. They've been talented on both sides of the ball, uh, a, a coaching that has been out of this world. Uh, Scott Satterfield was the coach uh, that brought them into the FBS. Uh, and it didn't take them long. 14, they they had a winning record. 15, 11 wins. 16, 10 wins. 17, 9 wins. Last year, 11 wins. This next year, they, they bring back, if you can believe it, they bring back 9 starters on offense they bring back six starters on defense extremely talented and the schedule lines up right they play east east tennessee state charlotte and then north carolina and their other okay north carolina and they play south carolina really interesting matchups and this team is proven they can play with the big dogs Uh, i don't know how mac brown's going to do at north carolina i'd be that you could put that on upset alert South Carolina, you can put them on upset alert. This this Mountaineers team, amazing. Everyone's talking about they win it. But the thing is, it's not as as good as they play. It's not as, you know, overwhelmingly them as, you know, the, the media tends to think. Next up, Troy. They went. Ten, they had 10 wins last year, 11 wins the year before, 10 wins the year before. So the last three years, four years, 16, 17, 18, they have been... They've been a stout team. Now, Neil Brown is gone. They're going to have to deal with a little bit of uh, coach turnover. But they bring back seven offensive returners on offense. Well, offense and six returners on defense. Stout, stout team. Year in and year out, they feel an extremely good team. Like we were just talking about them with Southern Miss. Uh, So they play Campbell, Southern Miss, Akron, and then their other, let's see. Their other uh, non-conference slate is at Missouri. Again, they could be three and zero going in and playing Arkansas State, which is they're supposed to be the best team out of that side of the, the other side of the conference. And then they play Missouri, and then they then they get into kind of their side of the conference. They could you could put Missouri on upset alert with these Troy Trojans. They are good. Uh, I mean, despite we'll see how they handled Kurt. Coach turnover, but that is um, that is not new to them. They've dealt with that before uh, when Neil Brown took over the the team in 2015. So you know, redshirt kids they would have been around Neil. Well, they would have been around the old coach, and then with Neil Brown, and then now into the new coach. So they've dealt with this. Really going to be fun to watch where this team goes this next year, and I think uh, again it's going to be a battle of of where they who they play and uh when they play and if they can stay healthy. Finally, at the top, the dog fight at the top is Georgia Southern. Last year they get ten wins. Uh with their losses to Clemson, kinda got beat pretty good to Clemson, national champion. They lost to ULM, which was in my opinion an anomaly. I don't I didn't watch that game. I followed the box score. I was actually really surprised. I was like, what is going on? Uh, with Georgia Southern in that game because ULM only going six and sixes last year, and they lost to Troy. So and it was home, so it was kind of a tough loss. However, this next year they field another team. They bring back not as many starters on offense as the, other, the previous two, but they bring back seven on defense, 
And so this team, again, a dogfight at the top. Now they do have a little bit tougher of a uh, of a non-conference schedule. In my opinion, they play at LSU, at Minnesota, and they play Maine. And we know I've had Maine on the show. Maine went 10-3, went to the semifinals of the FCS last year. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Georgia Southern in that game. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, and then their other, let's see, their other team is New Mexico State which a couple years ago, New Mexico State was pretty impressive. Last year kind of took a step back. But, you know, Georgia Southern just is capable of winning. And like I said, it depends on where they play. They Georgia Southern probably has the toughest uh, road out of all of them. And I say that because they play uh, both Appalachian State and Troy on the road. And Appalachian State draws uh, they're at Appalachian State, home against Georgia Southern, uh, and then vice versa for Troy, uh, home against Appalachian State. And on yeah, so really going to be a tough uh, and interesting dogfight. It's going to be, I can't say, you know, who has the edge. If I was a betting man, I'd say Appalachian State, more so just because of their previous success. But this team, Georgia Southern, Troy, we're looking at another, you know, I don't know how many non- or non-power five conferences where you get three uh, teams at the top that went had double-digit wins, and especially like Georgia Southern off of a two and ten season come back. You know, Troy had a pretty uh, good season year before, able to come back, fill a ten, uh, you know, eleven win, get ten win last year. Appalachian State nine wins, been able to get eleven wins. So again, dogfight at the top is going to be a matter about injuries. It's going to be a matter of. Uh, momentum, uh, obviously, you know, that Appalachian State-Troy game is going to be at the end of the season. The Georgia Southern, uh, they they pull Appalachian State. Uh, middle of the season, they play Troy right after, so that's going to be a tough slate for them back-to-back weeks on the road. But if they, I mean, if they upset them, you know, that's momentum. If you can take off Appalachian State, that might carry into Troy. So, again, dogfight at the top. I could not decide. Spent a lot of time debating. I actually called a couple of uh, guys that are down in the south to be able to find out what they felt. And they said, you know, it really is kind of just a toss-up. They said the same thing, Appalachian State with a little bit of a slight edge. But Troy and Georgia Southern, not far behind. So Sunbelt East side of the conference, you got three dogs at the top. That is Appalachian State, Troy, and Georgia Southern. Be very wary of them. Put those teams on upset alert when they play the Power Five. Really interesting on this side of the conference. To finish out our teams with most approved in 2019 uh, on the Sunbelt West. Again, I l- love doing this, love talking about these conferences, especially the group of five. We will be talking about the Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns. Really a fun team, honestly. Uh, they have been a team that I have followed for quite some time now. They have only been to, this has been their, this last year was their sixth bowl game. And it always makes me laugh when I'm doing these. I'm looking through their bowl games. And when you pull up their bowl history, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, New Orleans Bulls, right? All outright. Uh, they had a really successful years uh, during that time. Oh, nine and four, nine and four. They actually, they were 
nine and four in 2012, nine and four in 2011. So they went nine and four for a long time, and they went to the New Orleans Bowls. Uh, they were able to win four of them for the four. And then in 2016, they ended up losing. And this last year, they were able to make it to the Cure Bowl. So when I go through it, it will say Cure Bowl. They lost to Tulane. Tulane, however, pretty good team this upcoming year. But talking about teams with most approved, this team really not talked about in last season in the Sun Belt. A lot of people had predicted Arkansas State to win that side of the conference with ULM ahead, actually ahead of Louisiana, uh, the Raging Cajuns. They were predicted, a lot of people said, you know, it'll be a rebuilding year, Billy Napier, first year. It had all the all the seeds or the recipe for a year where they could they could have taken it off. Uh, five and seven year they bro- kind of broke. Uh, they broke their streak of of bowl games. They're nine and four. They they broke that in two thousand fifteen with a with a losing record of six and seven. So they are kind of on the decline. Mark Huspitz leaves for Mississippi State to be the the assistant coach, the tight ends coach there. So then, like I said, a lot, they had a lot of opportunity where they could have just kind of given up, taken the year off and called it good. However, they ended up playing extremely well. They, they, they went seven and five. They did lose some games that I thought they should have won, such as coastal Carolina. Uh, they lost to them by two points. They lost to Troy by 10, uh, but they were actually in the game for quite some time. But uh, this next season, it it lines up pretty good for them, and I think that this is going to be a team that is again that is not talked about. A lot of people are talking about Arkansas State, and rightfully so. Arkansas State has deserved the ability for us to talk about them. They are they they're Mr. Consistency, very good year in and year out. Uh, but they they line it up pretty. I mean, they play Mississippi State to start off. That will be tough. Uh, not I mean. Not much to talk about there. That's going to be hard. Uh, then they play Liberty. Again, Liberty, a really big question mark for me. Uh, overall talent and stuff like that. But the, the Flames, great team. That'll be a tough game. They do play Texas Southern. I think they ended up. I think they end up getting Texas Southern, and then they play Ohio. We talked a little bit about Ohio to start off the show. Uh, they do play uh, in Athens, Ohio, on the road, and then they play Georgia Southern on the other side, Appalachian State and Arkansas State. So that that slate from September twenty first to October seventeenth, if they can survive, I, I I like that word. If they can survive that slate and they can get one of those games, Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, Arkansas State, one of them, uh, or Ohio, right? Three of three of the four are on the road. They can get one of those games. They're going to be sitting really good because then they'd only have probably four losses, and they could they could eventually win out. And I think that they could make some noise. You know, last year they beat Arkansas State. Nobody was was expecting that. Now Arkansas State is ready, more ready than ever, and you have to go on the road. Uh, to Arkansas State is going to be a tough, tough game, but I think they have a lot to prove. I think Billy Napier has to prove last year wasn't a fluke that the Raging Cajuns are back on top. I absolutely love uh, the name Raging Cajuns. I think it's I think it's kind of funny and it's uh, really unique to Louisiana. Again, I think they have a lot to prove. Uh, besides. Um, the question mark I have at quarterback, who's going to be the, the guy? Will he be able to to lead after a pretty good quarterback coming out last year? 
Will they be able to do it? Uh, they bring back eight. However, they'll bring back eight offensive uh, returners, and they're, the only ones they lost were their two wide receivers, starting wide receivers, and their quarterback. So they bring back their entire offensive line. That's huge. A lot of experience on, on the offensive line. And on the defensive side, they bring back quite a bit more of the, in the linebacking core and in the secondary. Uh, they bring back seven on defense. So, again, they bring back a lot of experience are they going to be able to, I mean, people now know who you are, uh, you know, two years ago you weren't as relevant as uh, as what you you have liked to be, last year you made some noise going 7-7, seven and seven. but can you do it again, can you replicate that success, really excited to see uh, what Coach Napier does there, and that is the, the last team I think that has the most approved in 2019, uh, again, this has been a really fun series, it's been able to, fun to be able to to research and to talk about teams that normally don't get big mass media coverage. Um, so again, thank you for listening uh, to get the ball rolling. I'm talking as much as I can about uh, this upcoming season. Really excited for this upcoming season. I think that we have a lot to to talk about and that this is just part of it. A lot of fun segments coming your way, a lot of fun episodes, I guess. Uh, we'll be talking about coaches on the hot seat. Uh, a lot of, we're, we're going to go into depth with the new coaches, the new signings, these off-season signings. Uh, you know, Chip Kelly at, at uh, UCLA, I might, I don't know, talk about those kinds of guys. So this is going to be, we're kind of following two different threads of episodes. I'm doing interviews. A lot of my interviews are focused on the FCS. I love the FCS, love following the FCS. And a lot of these other ones will be talking about the FBS. I'm trying my best to get the FBS, uh, uh, the FBS coaches and teams involved. So again, a lot of fun segments coming your way. A lot of fun, uh, episodes coming your way on this you know as we get closer i saw again 67 days away from college football basically two months uh teams will be reporting in about month and a half to a month so a lot a lot to talk about a lot of hype regarding this season and so stay tuned uh follow us on instagram and facebook i'm actually working on my youtube channel i will be going to be starting into that uh subscribe and rate us uh let people know about getting the ball rolling again i am just a student here at dixie state university i'm trying to you know to do my best in getting into radio getting into sports journalism so uh all the best wishes for and to help me uh become better so let me know uh send me messages whatever it is so thank you for uh, listening to part four of Teens with the Most Approved in 2019. Uh, have a great week and keep the ball rolling.